on approximately the 1st of June, 2020, God called my attention to three verses of Scripture for me to begin working through those verses. I've been so excited about them because they are showing me just exactly what to do at this point in my life as I am 82 years old and exhorting you, the church, through writings and podcasts. By viewing and listening to these things, I think you will see a pattern of how to be transformed by the Word of God. God, through our lifetime, will call various scriptures to our mind, and as we follow those scriptures and deeply get into those scriptures, our whole life is changed, and I know scripture by scripture we are conformed to the image of Christ as we follow that scripture. This is the way God has worked with me since 1975, when I was born again. Scripture by scripture, following the word of God, living that word of God, getting every drop of blood from that word that you can get from that word for your own life to transform you into the image of Christ on that scripture, one scripture at a time. The one that he is working with me on is Proverbs chapter 1, verses 10 through 16. Let's look at the whole scripture first, and then I'm going to take parts of it and show you what he's done with me. If sinners entice thee, consent thou not. Walk not thou in the way with them. Refrain thy foot from their path. For their feet run to evil and make haste to shed blood. I had been watching telecast on this subject of the coronavirus. It interests me greatly. I started watching it probably March 11th when all of the sporting events were stopped. I knew something big was happening when that happened. I've never seen anything happen like that before. And the businesses began closing. I've never seen businesses shut up like that before. All over the world, we were having the same problem. It was so interesting to me to watch this, to see Times Square, which had no people in it. I've never seen anything like this. It's usually got so many people, you can barely walk down the sidewalk. I was fascinated by what I was seeing. It also made the Bible more real to me because in Revelation 18, we see the fall of Babylon where a great city will fall. This is not the fall of Babylon that we're seeing right now, but that's going to come in the future. A great city would fall and the merchants would be very sad because they had made so much money. Well, it was similar to that. And I could see how it could happen. And it happened in Babylon in one hour. It was going to happen in one hour. Revelation 18, I believe that's something that's going to come toward the end of this earth. But I could see how it could happen. Before I read Revelation 18 and Marvel, thinking, how in the world could that happen? I couldn't even imagine anything that could cause that to happen. Well, we saw the United States shut down in approximately 24 hours' time. We saw things we've never seen before. It makes Revelation 18 so real to me, and I'm excited over that. So I started watching the television events, but the problem was the newscasters were trying to stir us up to evil. They were trying to get me to hate the president. Well, I don't hate the president. I don't, I'm very non-political. I'm not Democrat, I'm not Republican, I don't vote. I do sometimes pray for the president because the Bible says to pray for those who are in authority that we might live in peace. I don't vote for them, but sometimes I do pray for them. Neither side, I know this, neither side's going to be the answer. 
But I live on this earth, and so the Bible tells me how to live on this earth. So I see in the Bible to pray for those in authority, but I don't have to vote for them. I don't have to make choices. I don't have to get stirred up to hate one party or the other. I don't let that happen in my life. But the newscasters in the coronavirus thing wanted to go back and see who caused this thing, why didn't we act sooner, wanted to go back. We can't go back in life. We have to go forward. Paul said, this one thing I do, forgetting those things that are behind and reaching forth unto those things before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. That's one of the scriptures God gave me years ago to begin living in, and as you notice, I could quote it without looking at the Bible. That's in Philippians chapter 2, 2 or 3, 3, I believe, verse 13. Well, the reason I can quote it is I lived in it for so long. I kept that before me day and night for a long time, transforming myself into doing that, not allowing myself to go backward. Now here, the newscasters want to go backward, and they have all of these people talking about what we should have done. I don't want to hear that. That's an example of if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. But I did want to hear what was going on. Well, this is really a trick to hear what's going on without being enticed somehow into evil. So I began watching the newscast, but they got worse and worse as the month. I began watching about March, it was March 11th, to try to see what was happening. I watched it up until maybe the end of May. And then I saw this scripture. And I wanted to quit it anyway. I was to the point that I couldn't hardly watch any of it. I would record it on my uh, television, on my recorder, and fast forward through all of the speculations and stuff that they have to do. But I was still taking in some evil by them, and I knew I was. And I wanted to stop doing this. So this scripture greatly interested me. If sinners entice thee, consent thou not. Walk not thou in the way with them. Refrain thy foot from evil, or from their paths. We can certainly keep our foot from going into their paths, can't we? For their feet run to evil and make haste to shed blood. So I began keeping this scripture before me day and night, as I have been taught to do for the past 45 years, so that it would get strong enough in me to lead me. Before I went to bed at night, I would take this scripture, this one scripture, and look at it closely and try to be sure that I was doing it. I would look at it in the morning, again, trying to be sure that I was actually doing this scripture. As I began doing this day and night, on about the third or fourth day, I knew immediately to go to my television set guide, I have satellite television, and to go to the satellite program and eliminate all of the news channels from my satellite guide so that I wouldn't be enticed by them as I went from channel to channel. Now, I work almost all day on scripture, either writing it on our blog, recording it, or answering emails that people send to me. I usually am working from the time I wake up in the morning until my dinner hour around 5 o'clock. But when dinner hour comes, I'm frequently watching television. It's what I am watching is the question. So this news was really enticing me and hurting me. I had to get it stopped. This scripture was going to lead me in it. Well, I removed all of the news channels from my television set so that would not uh, tempt me. Entice means basically to tempt you. We are enticed by different things. Let's look at that word entice. What entices you? What is it that 
sets you on fire? What is it that makes you tingle? What kind of thing is it? Well, it's different things for different people. I can tell you one of the things that greatly entices me. When a person comes to me and says, I am a Christian, it just sets me on fire. I expect a Christian to love the Word of God, and real Christians do, but that's not what I find very often. What I find is they like to go to church, but they don't really love the Word of God. So I blindly walk into the situation and share something with them. They go completely blank on me and go stone cold dead when I share a scripture with them. They're not interested in the scripture. They're interested in something else, though they call themselves Christians. So what happens is so often I get enticed because they say they're a Christian I get pulled in to a fellowship with them, so to speak. It's a one-way fellowship because I share scripture and they just quietly wait until I quit talking so they can bring up what they're interested in. But I have been too blind in the past to really see this. Or they come to me and they, they say, oh, I've seen this and I'm so interested in it. Could you help me with this? And I blindly share with them that which God has given me, and they turn on me and they say, or it could be this, or it could be that. Hey, this isn't a TV talk show. This is God that we're dealing with. This is God. He doesn't say it could be this or it could be that. He tells us specific things. And if we share that with someone, it's not subject to debate. This is the word of God. Well, it grieves me so greatly when this happens. And then often what they do is they will bring up a subject and I, God shows me the evil in what they're talking about. They think it's good. God shows me evil and I correct them. And then, of course, some of them hate me and turn from me and walk away. I have many of them say, don't write to me again. Don't speak to me again. That is so typical for the church to do that with prophets. We see it over and over in the Bible. So that's not unusual, but it grieves a prophet. It really grieves a prophet when that happens. Well, you can't share with them, of course, but the ones that are even worse are the ones that pretend to thank you, but they aren't at all interested, but they're holding on to you. For example, I have a friend who is Catholic, and I went to Barnes and Noble and looked at the Catholic Bible to see if this verse is in the Bible, which says, call no man father. That's in Matthew 23, verse 9, I believe. I went to see if that's in a Catholic Bible. And it is. It really surprises me they would put that verse in a Catholic Bible when they call these people, their own ministers, they call them father and teach their people to call them father yet they put it in their Catholic Bible where Jesus says, call no man father. I was shocked. So I wrote to this friend. She was visiting her father in Arizona at the time, and I was living in Texas. She lives in Texas also. I wrote to her an email, and I said, this, I went to Barnes & Noble. I looked in the Catholic Bible, and this verse is in the Catholic Bible call no man father. And I quoted the exact verse for her. I didn't hear from her for about three weeks. And then I got a letter, an email from her saying, thank you for your message. And she went on telling me what she was doing. But she wasn't following that message. She went right on calling those men father, going on to that Catholic church, calling them father, she didn't love the scripture. Now, like a fool, I continued to share scripture with her. She didn't care about scripture. She cared about going to church and doing her things. But I kept sharing scripture with her for really for months and months and months after that. Recently, I have seen a scripture which says, after the first and second admonition, reject them for they are subverted 
and sin of themselves. That is in Titus chapter 3. So I've started doing that and just walking away from them after I see they don't care about Scripture. My Church of Christ cousin wrote to me, and she didn't live in the same town that I live in, but she wrote to me, and she can't hear any longer, so we had to communicate by U.S. mail because she doesn't know how to use the computer. But anyway, we would write letters back and forth. In one of her letters, she told me about being so lonely at night. She said, I do real well in the day, but I get so lonely at night. Her husband died 10 years ago. I wrote to her and said, oh, well, if you, when, when you feel yourself start to get lonely, if you will just stop and pray and say, oh, God, please help me. I'm so lonely tonight. Please help me not to fall into this. He will. And I gave her Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7 to do, which is, be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. So just pray and ask God to help you when you start to feel lonely. Help God to fill in your evening, to fill in your time, to show you what to do. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. This cousin set 97 years old. She's been in Church of Christ since she was a baby. I know my aunt would carry her to church. She never missed church. She grew up going to church. She always went to church, but she doesn't do the Bible in specific situations such as this. So I shared with her what would help her. The next time she wrote to me, she said, I do well in the day, but I get so lonely at night. Now this is a case, leave her alone. Don't even try. She is subverted. She's sinning of herself and subverted. Okay, now back to Proverbs 1. So, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. And Christian sinners are always enticing me. They write me emails. And they'll say, such and such and such and such. And God will show me that, the, that part of this is evil. So, I will bring them correction. <laughs> That's fine. I'm doing my job. I'm a prophet. I'm an apostle prophet. That's what I'm supposed to do. I don't mind that part of it. And then they will start fighting me. Or they will completely ignore me and walk away. And of course there's grief then. Or they will send me a phony message which they will thank me for the message I sent to them. And I know they're not going to follow it. It's just phony. They're just trying to hang, hang on in a phony deceitful way. I've seen all of these things. All of them bring me grief. And for a very brief period of time, I am grieved and wounded by them. So I have to turn to God, but God always restores me and brings joy back one way or another. We don't know how he can bring joy back, but he always does. He always does, and the grief that I've had over them, he causes it to be removed by bringing me something that brings the joy of the Word of God back to me. There's a scripture where Jesus said in the end times, many will depart from the word of God and many people will grow cold because of the iniquity, the iniquity will abound in the last days. So it's so important for us to learn these things because it's going to happen. It happens right now. It will get worse as we go along. Jesus says in that same scripture, but he that endures to the end, the same will be saved. It's hard to endure with joy and peace and the joy of the word of God. It's hard to endure with joy of the word of God when, when Christians reject scripture. It is devastating to me, but it happens all the time. I see it all the time. But here is what I have to do. Just stop trying to 
do anything with them. Stop trying to bring them to the Word of God. They're not going to come. After the first and second admonition, reject, knowing that they are subverted and are sinning in the, of themselves. That is Titus chapter 3. I have to learn to walk away from them. Now, secondly, I have to learn some other things. Don't walk thou in the way with them. Refrain thy foot from their path. There are two women that I've been working with the last couple of weeks, and I have presented to them exactly what God showed me to give them. And they, one of them showed me she would do it occasionally, this scripture that she needed, and I was grieved. And the other one I knew wasn't going to do anything, and I was grieved. You want to send them another email showing them again, and you want to send them another email showing them again. Refrain thy foot from their path when you see this. Don't keep sending them things when they reject the word of God. After the first and second admonition, reject. You can reject them even after the first admonition. That's what I should have done with the Catholic woman when I shared that call no man father scripture with her. When I saw she wasn't going to be interested to follow it, when I saw she did not delight in the word of God, even from the Catholic Bible, she did not delight in the word of God, I should have cut it off then. I let that go on for probably three or four years before stopping it. This drains us and pulls us down. And in these days, as we enter into this period of time, we don't have enough time left on this earth to let it pull us down that way. You have to make quick incisions in this point in time. Share the word of God with them. But if they don't delight in that word of God, you can't do anything. Just walk away from them. Recently, a woman wrote to me, and it was a rather extensive letter where she told me all kinds of problems she was having. I kind of skimmed over the problems, and then I heard from God. Well, she wanted me to do a teaching on uh, forgiveness. She thought that was her problem. But God said to me, her problem is she doesn't do Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. In everything, pray. She wasn't doing that. She was letting all of these problems stack up, and then she was casting all of her Concerns upon me, which must making made me concerned. It was a large pile of concerns. So I gave her what God showed me, and that is the Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. In everything, by prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known unto God. In everything. I got kind of a I don't know, wishy-washy email back from her, thanking me and saying, I'll do this sometimes. I knew she wasn't going to do it all day long and focus on that as if her life depended on it, as it does. Her whole life depends on this one. At this moment in that woman's life, her entire future depends on her doing this. It's more serious than taking a medicine from a doctor to help you get through a, an illness that can kill you. Her life depends on this scripture. It depends on her doing this. If she does it, everything will straighten out. If she does not do it, she won't make it. And I'll show you what will be happen to her. She is probably a little older than I am. I met her at a church that I was attending back in 1980, and I think she was probably two or three years older than I. I'm 82. Either that woman will die with all these sins hanging on her, or if she does not do this scripture and makes it to the Great Tribulation, she will get to go through part of the Great Tribulation, though she says she's a Christian. And even if she's the elect of God, 
there are going to be some of the elect of God there for the great tribulation. But now, it's all in her hands because I warned her a second time about doing this scripture. Well, today, I thought about sending her an email. She sent me three emails in response to my um, uh, teaching on this subject. I did not read them. I don't want to be bogged down in her life. And it would just bog me down. If sinners entice me, and she's been sinning. She's been sinning for years because she hasn't done, she hasn't committed all of her, her thoughts to God, her, all of her concerns to God in prayer. That is a sin not to do that. That's a sin. She's a Christian sinner. Well, she can either straighten up or go on and sin, but not with me. Because I've got work to do. I've got to keep myself. I've, I've got to keep the Spirit of God in me on a correct path without any uh, malice toward anyone so that I can exhort you in a correct way, which I work very diligently to keep myself for that reason. Well, if a Christian sinner entices you to help them, don't just keep doing it. Give them one or two admonitions, and if they won't do it, if they don't follow Scripture, walk away from them. Don't try to be friends with them. Don't try to prolong it. We had two women in our church group that did this all the time with me, and for 39 years this went on until God showed me, you can't do this. Neither of them are with us today. He showed me a vision of what they were. It was like I had one of those barbells where on each side there's a big weight. These two women were like weights on a barbell pulling me down. They're no longer doing that because I'm no longer with them. I'm no longer trying to help them. They can read the blog. It's open for all. But I'm not involved with them. Let them get there or let them not get there. As of today, I, I had a, a scripture, another scripture brought to my attention. And I will start, I have already started working on that scripture. I'm having to look it up for this reason. I started today doing it, and I haven't done it enough for it to become a part of me so that I can quote it to you without looking it up. But it is in Matthew chapter 11, verse 15. Jesus says, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Give them the message. Don't keep trying to communicate with them. Give them the message, and if they have ears to ear, hear, they can do that message and straighten out things in their life. But don't keep trying to visit with them. Let them do the Word of God and see what happens, or let them walk away. Well, I was starting to send an email to one of the two women today. She had sent me three emails, and I hadn't responded to any of her emails. But I had told her the scripture that God showed me that she needed to do. But I had not responded to any of the three emails that she sent me as a result of my sending the message to her. Because I knew there was a very good chance in one of those emails that I would get pulled into her life by something she said in the email. I didn't want to see it. I'd given her the word. Let her do it or not do it. But I sat down today to tell her I, I was glad that she had the answer of what to do. And I was going to say something like, I received three emails from you, but I did not read them because of such and such and such and such. And it was getting more and more entangled. And I knew that was not God leading me to write that email because I was beginning to get bogged down in the email. 
in all my explanations as to why I did not read her three previous emails. See, the devil does that to you. And then I was given a scripture. Matthew eleven fifteen, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Leave her alone. Let her hear it. She's got the blog. She's got the Bible. She can follow scriptures or not follow scriptures. Leave her alone. Don't try to keep her as a friend. Don't try to make her feel good about herself because she might be able to do a scripture now, which she hasn't done for the past 40 years consistently. For if she'd done it for the past 40 years, she wouldn't have been in the position she's in now with all these troubles bogging her down. So let her start doing what you've given her. Don't give her more. Let her do that. See how God's instructing me? Let's use the word Christian in front of that sinners in Proverbs 1.10. If Christian sinners entice thee, consent thou not. Don't go with them. Walk not thou in the way with them. I have to stop and think of how they walk. The way they're walking is not by scripture. It's by going to church and being around Christian friends and singing hymns and thinking, Jesus is Lord, I'm okay. Come, Jesus. They want to see the return of Jesus. And they don't even realize they're not ready for the return of Jesus. For to be ready for the return of Jesus, we have to keep ourselves in peace without spot and blameless. I'm quoting what Peter said in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 14. That's what I'm trying to live by. We, have to, we don't know when Jesus is returning. But Peter says, you want to be found by him when he returns. You need to be found by him in peace without spot and blameless. That means all day long, every day, we need to be in peace without spot and blameless because we don't know the hour or the day that Jesus is returning. I think if we are not in peace without spot and blameless at the time Jesus returns, I don't think we'll be taken off the earth. I think we will be left here for the great tribulation. Because I know by various scriptures that some of the elect of God will be on this earth during the great tribulation. I do not want to be on this earth for the great tribulation. Jesus even tells us in, um, it's in Luke 21, he tells us how to live so that we will be accounted worthy to escape. In Luke 21, there's a scripture where he says, watch, and that means that doesn't mean watch the TV news. That means watch what you're doing. Watch how you're living. And pray always. Watch and pray always. This is exactly what I'm telling this woman. And what I told my cousin. Take every concern to God in prayer. Now, why wouldn't a person do that? Why wouldn't they do it? It's so easy. I think part of it is pride. I think part of it is they don't really believe God will communicate with them. They don't really, they, they have the thought that we all have sometimes, and that is, but how will God get the information to me? There are many times that I have spoken a message and have prayed for God to confirm to me somehow that this was the right message. And maybe a week or two will come pass by and somebody will rise up and say, I've really benefited from that message. And I, would all, and I even think, I wonder why they, I'm happy they told me that, but I'm thinking, well, isn't that interesting? I wonder why they're telling me that. When I have prayed that God would confirm it to me. <laughs> so you see, he does communicate with us, and I always encourage myself in this. When I have the thought, well, how will God get this information to me to show me if I'm doing what he wants me to do or what to do? 
How will I get that? I, I, I try to, I think often of this. God created the heaven and the earth. Surely he can communicate his will to me for me, what he wants me to do. There's some way he has of letting me know this in a way that I can understand it. So you have to have that faith in God in order to pray. And many people do not have that faith in God. Many people who say they're Christians don't have faith in God. They don't have faith that God can communicate to them. They don't have even faith that they can recognize it if God does communicate to them. This morning, I was a little troubled still by two people who have sent me emails and I've had to correct them. I was a little troubled. I committed it to God and I was still a little troubled and I was praying and asking him what I needed and I was looking at various things. I looked at our blog. I looked at scriptures. I looked at various things and I was still just a little. I didn't know really where my focus was. It was just not there. So I was continuing to pray, what do I need? What do I need to do to settle down, to be in peace, to focus? And I decided I would get in bed and read the Bible. So I got in bed and turned on my electric blanket. It's June, but I live in Colorado and we had a little sleet last night and almost snow. So um, it still can be pretty cold here. Anyway, I turned on the electric blanket and got in bed, and I had uh, been awakened fairly early this morning by a, a smoke alarm. At 6.30, it began chirping, and I was, I, I was, it was really loud, and so I'd missed a little sleep last night, and I got in bed, had the electric blanket on, took the Bible, was reading various scriptures, and I still felt very pulled from one scripture to another and not settled at all and not really in peace. In a few minutes I went to sleep. I probably slept for two hours from, it was one o'clock in the afternoon when I awoke, so I guess I went to sleep at 11. I awoke and my mind was so clear and I knew just exactly what to record and I was so excited because I knew this recording was just exactly what to do. Being transformed by the Word of God. And I jumped out of bed, and as I jumped out of bed, I, I grabbed my uh, warm uh, jacket, a top, a flannel top, to put on, and accidentally drug it through my cat's water bowl. So it got very wet, but I rang my bell, and Pam Paget member of the body of Christ. I live in her house. And she comes in when I ring this little bell that I wear around my neck. And she uh, took my flannel jacket and put it in the dryer and dried it off so I would have it. Anyway, I knew exactly to write this, just exactly what to do. I was totally refreshed, totally at peace. And that's the way we need to be at all times. Totally refreshed and totally at peace. And God has his exact way to get us there. In this case today, I needed to sleep. In some, at sometimes I need to focus on something. And he shows me what to focus on. There'll be times that I'm watching television at night. And I'm not really settled on that program. And I have to change to another one. And sometimes I'll change three or four times before I find a TV program where I enjoy and am just at peace. Sometimes, and this is, this is a way of life, and God shows us exactly what we need to do to be at peace. And let's look at another section of this scripture that I'm being transformed by. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 15 Walk not thou in the way with them. I was looking at that this morning. They have to explain why everything has happened. Don't do that. God is saying to me, don't do that. You don't have to be God. 
You don't have to explain all these things. I have really been working on that a lot lately. We have such a tendency to state something and then say, because such and such and such and such. That's where the sin lies. Just state it and stop. Learn to stop talking. Well, I'm working on, this is something I'm working on. And I get an opportunity to work on it. I have noticed, I've really been doing this a lot since I have read this scripture day and night since June 1st of 2020. And it's currently, I don't know, I'm recording this on June 9th. I think you're hearing it maybe on June 10th. But for 10 days, I've been working on this scripture. And I've noticed that when I'm with Pam and I start to say such and such, and then I have to start to say because, I just stop. I don't have to give the reason. That's trying to be as God. So don't walk in the way with them the way they do. You see it all the time on newscasts. They can't just tell you what's happening. They have to tell you why it's happening. They have to do all of this speculation. We pick up that way when we start doing it. I have a friend that if you say anything to her, I mean, I don't, I'm not around her anymore. I don't even live in the state where she lives. But used to be, well, I'd, if I said to her, well, I've got, I've got a sore throat. She would just kind of get real still and then she would tell me why I have a sore throat. I knew she didn't know. One day we were riding along and in her car and we had uh, water, two water bottles with her. And she said, people don't realize they get cancer because they leave water bottles in their car like this. She doesn't know that. People say all kinds of things. People who say they are the church are always telling you the reason for stuff, which isn't a godly statement. It's their own wisdom. They are being wise in their own eyes. And we are told, be not wise in your own eyes. Now, if you hear from God, you want to share that. But to make up the reason that all these things have happened or these things are happening, that's being wise in our own eyes. Don't go that way. So I'm reconstructing my life by walk not thou in the way with them. Don't do this. This scripture is absolutely changing me and I'm 82 years old. I expect to change up until the day I die or until the day I'm taken off the earth by Jesus because I don't know whether Jesus will come before I die or whether I will die and be taken off the earth with those who are the dead in Christ. It doesn't matter. But what does matter is that I follow these scriptures with all my heart and drain every drop of blood out of the scripture that I'm given. And I know how to do that because from the very beginning, God put me in Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. I have been following this pattern for more than 40 years. Not only following it, I absolutely love it. It's my greatest joy on this earth when God brings to my attention a scripture which is going to transform my life as I spend my life looking at that scripture day and night, doing everything I can see to do, getting it deeply inside me until I'm given another scripture and then follow that scripture. This is the path. I don't care if you live 40 years, 70 years, 80 years, 90 years. As a Christian, this is the path that you live on as long as you're on this earth. Now let me ask you a question. What scripture are you following right now? If you are completely blank and not following any, don't try to deceive yourself and me by telling me. But if you have some scripture that's reconstructing you at this moment, you are going the right way.
I will tell you that most Christians, most church people do not have a scripture they're following. And yet they think they're okay. This is not the path. I don't care if you do believe Jesus is Lord. I'm always having people tell me they believe Jesus is Lord, but they don't follow the word of God. We had a Messianic Jew come to us this past year across our path. She's a realtor, and she came across our path through the house that we had up for sale in Texas. It did sell finally, and we have already received the money for it, thank God. So that's not a part of the problems of my life. Anyway, this woman contacted us and she identified herself as a Christian. Pam was the one who talked with her. I didn't ever talk with her by phone. I did send her some emails. But when Pam talked with her by phone, the woman said she was divorced and she had just met a man she was very interested in. And Pam told her that if she should marry again after being divorced she commits adultery Pam gave her the scriptures I'm sure this woman replied I'm a messianic Jew we believe in Jesus but we have our own doctrine and I said what do you mean that she has her own doctrine when Pam told me the story I said there isn't any doctrine except the Bible well see that's how they think they have their own doctrine their church doesn't teach that. Their pastor will say, well, no, 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 it's okay to divorce and remarry. Those are antichrist. As I have been speaking to you for weeks and weeks, those are antichrist. I'm not speaking of my own opinion. Antichrist means they go opposite to the way of Christ. So if the Bible says the man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery, as it does say, in Matthew 5.32, Jesus says that. If the Bible says that, and they say, no, it's all right for the man to marry a divorced woman, that's opposite to Christ. That is Antichrist. Let's look at the last um, verse of this Proverbs 1 that I'm working I mean, not the last verse of whole Proverbs 1. It's verse 16. It's the last verse that I'm working on in this section of scripture for my life. For their feet run to evil. This one woman that says she's a Christian, she's just constantly running from one person to another. She, her life is so filled with people from the time she wakes up in the morning until the time she goes to bed at night. She is busy with people. She's just running from one person to another person to another person and telling me what they're doing when I'm around her, or used to be. I'm not around her anymore. But it used to be that she was running to me as quick as she could and telling me what was going on, and it was evil. And she calls herself a Christian. Well, what about these newscasters? Their feet run to evil, doesn't it? They can't wait to find the next story. They are running as hard as they can to get this story to put in front of us that's spicy, that's tantalizing, that's enticing. And they make haste to shed blood. They will shed our blood if we allow it because of the evil. Church people as well as newscasters running from one to the other to get the story, to find out what's going on enticing things, coming and telling us. Their feet run to evil and they make haste to shed blood. Now let's look at all three of these verses in closing that I'm working on. I can only tell you what I'm working on. I can't tell you what you're working on. I don't know. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 10. If sinners entice thee, consent thou not. Walk not thou in the way with them. Refrain thy foot from their paths, for their feet run to evil and make haste to shed blood. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind, Romans chapter 1, 
verses 1 and 2. Let us be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Those scriptures brought to our attention by the Spirit of God, by God, by His Spirit, are life-changing when we will keep them before us day and night. It's wonderful. There's nothing like it. Nothing. And there's a promise attached to it. But I, I don't know how much time we have left on this earth. It doesn't feel to me like we have a lot of time left. Whether we are taken off through physical deaths or whether Jesus returns for the church, either way, I don't think we have a lot of time left. I think we are on the threshold. And why do I think that? I believe that's what God has put in my heart because it's warning the church, warning them that Antichrist is in the churches. Antichrist is in the churches. Antichrist isn't one person. Antichrist is uh, just like the devil isn't one person. The devil is in multiple people. Antichrist is in multiple people. And Antichrist is just rampant in people who say they are Christians who live in a way opposite from specific scripture. They aren't following scripture. They aren't following the Spirit of God. They are attending church. They think they're all right, and they're not. And they think they're all right because we're saved by the blood of Jesus. But we come to God through Jesus, who is the Word. I don't see how you think you can come to God through Jesus, the Word, without doing the Scriptures. I just don't see how you think you can do it. I don't think, I don't see how you think you can be all right in the day of judgment when you won't follow specific Scriptures here on this earth. This woman who wrote to me can't be all right in the day of judgment unless she does that Philippians 4, 6. In everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. Unless she starts doing that diligently, day and night, majoring in it, she's not going to be all right in the day of judgment because she isn't doing the word of God on this earth. She's not casting her cares on God. She's casting her cares on humans. Unless she stops doing that and turns and starts praying. See, she's not going to be all right. She's going to either be, either die in her sins and then be judged or correct herself or go through some of the great tribulation. Three options. You can have physical death. You can be taken off the earth by Jesus at his return or you can be in the great tribulation after the return of Jesus. That, I mean, there are only three options for us. And I believe the options, to a large extent, have to do with what we do with specific scripture right now. I do want us to look at just one more scripture in closing. Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. God was speaking to Joshua who was going to bring the children of Israel into the promised land after the death of Moses. God gave this instruction to Joshua, but I know this instruction applies to us today. And I've been following this for 40 plus years, ever since I became a Christian. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. Now, it's not the Old Testament law of Moses we're talking about. Although many promises in the Old Testament are valid for us today. But if I translate that to New Testament, it's the New Testament Bible and many of the promises of the Old Testament. In other words, the word of God shall not depart out of thy mouth. But thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. Now that's what you see me doing right now with this scripture that I was given approximately 
June 1st, 2020. You have seen me today go through these verses with you of what I've been doing with them so far. I'm not through with them yet, but this is what I've been doing so far. Now I have another one to add to it, and that's the one I shared in uh, Matthew eleven fifteen, where Jesus says, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. For my life, that is very important in giving messages to them. To instruct me, leave them alone. Give them a message, leave them alone. Let them correct their, themselves if they can hear. And if they cannot hear, let them go on in their way. Don't keep trying to instruct them. So, you take whatever word, whatever scripture is brought to you, whatever word is brought to you. It could be a dream that you have to keep before you. I have a dream leading me right now. I had this dream in February. Pam Paget had heard a word podcast in early January, or in late January. I was very interested in that word because I was considering going back on radio. But when I heard about podcasts and what all the benefits of podcasts, it really was interesting to me. Is it what God wants me to do? Well, he gave me a dream to show me. In this dream, I opened my front door and there were baby kittens everywhere. On the left-hand side of the door, on the right-hand side of the door, Almost all of them were white, meaning pure, young, pure. But they were starving to death. They weren't being fed. They were on their side. Some of them couldn't even move. One of them was white with a little yellow, had gotten some pollution on it. I went into my garage and kittens were in there. I asked God, I said, what is this? And I heard the church. Feed the church. Feed the church. Well, the podcast. That's the avenue to feed the church. So we bought the recording equipment and as soon as we possibly could began making podcasts. As soon as Pam found out how to make the podcast, how to get them out there, how to get a podcast host, how to reproduce them so you could hear them, by Early February, about the 4th, 5th, 6th, we, were, we made our first broadcast podcast. We did it as soon as we possibly could. And I do it every day so that you will have this food available. And I have two scriptures that encourage me. One in Hebrews 3, which it says, Exhort one, one another daily, daily. And in Hebrews 10, there's one in Hebrews 10, 25, which says, exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Sometimes a thought will come to me, you write too much, you record too much, you shouldn't do that every day. Well, that's not what the Bible tells me. That's Antichrist trying to get me to follow him. That's a devil. Because the Bible tells me, exhort one another daily. And the Bible tells me, exhort one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. I sense Jesus approaching. I'm, I feel we're strongly at the threshold of Jesus approaching. But even if he didn't approach in our lifetime, even if he didn't come in our lifetime, following these scriptures the way I've shown you today is the way for a Christian to live. Now, Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. Thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. Some people just hear that word one time and walk away from it. You can't get it in you that way. You keep it before you in the morning. You keep it before you in the evening. You keep it before you throughout the day. You structure your life by the instruction of that scripture and Jesus abides in you. Meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous and then thou shalt have good success. So that's the promise attached to meditating 
correctly in the Word of God. I'm always so delighted when God shows me a word at that specific moment that I can use to transform my life as I'm doing right now. And for the past 40, 50 years since I've been a Christian in 1975, one scripture after another scripture has been given to me for me to do this. And it brought me exactly where I should be at the exact point in time. And I did prosper and have good success, even though literally thousands of people walked away from me when I shared the Word of God with them. Thousands of Christians will walk away. Although church people will walk away when you're a real prophet delivering a real message from God. That's not unusual. It happened all through the Old and Old Testament on prophets, and we see examples in the New Testament of prophets, New Testament prophets. But when you deliver the exact word that God gives you, they will fight you very often in the churches. This is John Boney speaking. Thank you for allowing me to speak with you today.